Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 103 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And can we just get into um, how exciting our little area is right now? With, it is. A, with a Guillermo del Toro movie filming? It is a hive of activity around here, let me tell you. you got Bradley Cooper running around. There's been Willem Dafoe sightings in the shadows. Everybody's horrified. I would give anything to meet Willem Dafoe and just talk to him for so many hours about the lighthouse. Like, that's all I want to discuss. It would be pretty great. I'd be like, did you spill your beans, Willem? <laughs> like, his performance was seriously amazing in that movie. Oh, it was it was so good. Like, I got drawn so much into that movie. I was so happy when I was watching it. I'm like, There's, I can tell why people hate this movie, but I love it so much. I mean, so this film that they're making is called Nightmare Alley. Do you know yes. what it's about? Do you know anything about it? Uh, I know it's it obviously sub- taking place in the past because there's all these classic cars all over yeah it's like a period piece kind of thing and i don't really know it's supposed to be like a horror horror thriller kind of thing you know it's his usual yeah there's there's gonna be a creature of some sort oh man i can't wait well i I mean they got willem dafoe he doesn't that's all you need to do just throw a little bit of a I love Willem Dafoe, but it's true. Like he is a weird-looking man, which makes me even happier that he made it in a business that's so judgmental on looks. Like, good for you, Willem Dafoe. There's a rumor about why that is, and it's got nothing to do with his gargoyle-esque features in his face. Is this inappropriate? It is absolutely not. We can't. All right, we're gonna. I mean, since you brought it up, I assumed it wouldn't be. I just thought it was funny that um, I went to New York City for a few days last week. I get no good celebrity sightings, and then I come home, and it's because they're all hanging out here. You did get a new lawyer, though, so that's pretty. That's pretty (laughs) awesome. My 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 Airbnb that was actually um, a law office and not an Airbnb. Here's that, the thing. That did, make thing. Me, that did make me laugh when you told me that. I'm like, that's great. Arriving and having no Airbnb is a bummer, but I don't think it was a scam because it's actually really hard to create it. This thing had legitimate reviews that have been posted like over a year's time. I think my girl like died or is in jail. Like I feel like she was just unable to get back to me. So I'm like just hoping she's not in some East Brooklyn freezer somewhere and that things end up working out for her. Oh, you know, maybe you're being nice, but she did mess up your travel plans a little bit. She messed messed up a little, but uh, still supporting Airbnb. I was immediately refunded. (laughs) They helped me find a new place. It worked out. I knew it was happening. I kept like reaching out to her and calling and there was nothing and i was like yeah this isn't this isn't happening <laughs> we're gonna show up it's I, not happening i suppose if you're gonna lose an airbnb in any city new york's the one to go with there's plenty of places to stay there are plenty of places new york you know i, I go every couple of years to visit it's definitely it's crazy like an amazing beautiful city there's so much going on but i've really realized that unless you are just stupidly wealthy it doesn't seem like a fun city to even live Mm -hmm. in at this point it's so gentrified that if you're in manhattan and you're going to shows and you're shopping and you're able to take cars all over the place and do all these things that's great but for everyone else i'm like you're spending hours on the subway traveling everything costs a million dollars you know the area that we stayed in I was like, this 100% could be Buffalo, except the rents are quadrupled because, you know, I would, if I lived there, I would be living in this area of Brooklyn. I'd probably be working there. And that's what I would see all the time. It's not like you're experiencing the, the glory of the city if you can't afford it. Yeah, you're not hanging out in Manhattan every day, you know, taking the train all the way down there. Absolutely not. So 
Yeah, you're, you're definitely not visiting Times Square and such. Or well, I mean that's awful. I don't think anyone wants yeah, wants true. to do that anyway. But I did see some some cool things, which I'm going to get into because they're going to tie into this whole episode. See how we did that. So New York City has a cinematic identity that I would say touches upon all walks of life. So we thought, you know, what better episode to have than to talk about some of the films that really showcased New York City in one way or another, and then we can talk about some books as well. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea to me. And shockingly, we will not be covering the Roland Emmerich Godzilla movie on this episode. Which is a classic. I mean, it's one of the best of all time, but I think we'll avoid it. I mean, there's going to be a ton that we've missed because... Let's get real. It's a big town. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really big it's, town. It's notoriously big, one could we, say. We can't talk about all of it. Um, so let's get into some. I do want to say, Jacob, as a little treat to you, Ooh. I felt like the movies that I picked, they're so well known that even just a tiny clip from it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay? So I'm going to okay. start each one with a clip. This one was really exciting, and I picked this clip because I actually visited this site while I was there, and okay. it's one of my favorite tourist things that I've ever done. Oh, man, I'm a little nervous. All right, let's see what no, it is. don't be. It's great. Hey, does this pole still work? Wow, this place is great. When can we move in? <laughs> did you oh, get that? I think I did. Is that, uh, is that Ghostbusters? Of course it is Ghostbusters. Nice. And I had to start with it because um, the fire hall, like their headquarters that they live in is a real fire hall in New York City. So I went there and I literally was geeking out because I was like, this is where it all happened. So what do, what, what is it now? Is it still just... It's, it is, the real life headquarters is Ladder 8, which is um, oh, so like a like fire a crew. Oh, so it's like fire thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's in um, an old Tribeca warehouse or oh. firehouse, excuse me. Okay. So yeah, it's awesome. So as everyone knows, I mean, there's a lot of New York City. Manhattan obviously has an otherworldly problem in in Ghostbusters, which is probably like the biggest supernatural comedy ever created. I think that's a safe to say on that one. And we get to see they're among the stacks in the New York Public Library. There's a lot of in and around Central Park, which looks really great in this movie. I mean, you even get to see them hiding in um, a street vendor's hot dog cart. You get to which, see Slimer. So you really are seeing the entire city. Yeah, it happens more often than you'd want to than you'd want to believe. But, you know, you, you don't want to spend too much time in hot dog vendor carts. I mean, there's a lot of delicious street food, though. Like, no lie. You're a street meat fan? See, I can't do it Oh, myself. yeah, no, I'm a street meat fan. I can't do it. I never can get myself to eat something. I'm always expecting, like, it's been in that hot dog water all day. and. Well, I don't know about hot dogs, but hot dog doesn't always sit in the water anyway. Maybe some shawarma or some. See, of yeah. course, you cannot go wrong with the shawarma. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's a great introduction. A lot of people have seen it, but watch it with some New York City eyes. Like, you get to see a lot of the city. And I posted on our Twitter the picture of the uh, of the fire hall. So. Do you think that the guys who work there, like, cannot stand Ray Parker Jr.? Like, if you start playing the Ghostbusters scene, they'll just start throwing things at you? I don't know. They had, like, like, the Ghostbusters symbol drawn in chalk outside. And, and when sure. you looked inside, they had, like, the symbol from Ghostbusters 2 where the ghost has, like, his hand out. Like, that was hanging in the fire hall. So I think they're cool with it. So or they're like, you see that? We're putting up Ghostbusters too. That's how much we hate <laughs> this series. Stop. But so that's a good one. What what do you have? So I'm gonna go with an equally awesome but different kind of vibe. I'm going with Escape from New York. <laughs> oh, the classic. Jo- the John Carpenter 1981 classic, set in the 
far off future of I 1997. Mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess you're getting New York there. It doesn't really look like New York. Well, that's because it was St. Louis. They, <laughs> this is like in the 80s. Everybody that looks at New York, it's probably going to be an ongoing theme with mine at least. I know, of course, Jacob. I'm like, pick movies that showcase New York City and you're going to pick movies that were not filmed there. Hey, Thanks peop- a lot, buddy. Well, they were not filmed there, but they were captured the vibe. <laughs> okay. A lot of people like miss dirty and disgusting New York for some ungodly reason. Mm-hmm. And I think Escape from L.A. or New York actually covers that very nice. It was filmed in St. Louis after a huge fire it took out like four blocks of five blocks of the city because oh, wow. they're like, oh, St. Louis looks destroyed. It's exactly like New York City. So that's how they covered that. Okay. If you haven't seen it, everybody, you, sh- you should have. I don't know what you're doing here. They, I mean, I don't know that everybody should see Escape from New York. I mean, it's a classic. dare you? But it's a Jacob classic, so everybody keep that in the back of your head. So New York is a prison in this movie after the United States becomes an authoritarian regime. You know, to- you know how are you going to do with that? But then Air Force One goes and gets um, taken by terrorists and crash lands in New York City, and the president gets kidnapped by the Duke of New York, played by Isaac Hayes, not a song to be seen. (laughs) And then they send in the biggest criminal in the world, Snake Plissken, a one-eyed Kurt Russell to save him and save the day and save the world. That's pretty much the entire movie, so. (laughs) And then you get, oh, it's just so much fun. It's one of the first, like, sci-fi movies that really sucked me in when I was younger, and it kind of set the tone for my John Carpenter sure. love and movie love. So. I love it. I love it, too. Um, yeah, New York City, if terrible things happen. So there's a the lot of weird history in New York City, so. Okay. Um, all right, another one. I'm going to start with the clip. Classic coming up here. You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, then who the hell else are you talking to? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. All right, so I'm going to assume you got that one. I did. That is Taxi Driver, right? <laughs> well done. I, I almost said Raging Bull there. I'm a man. I'm fumbling <laughs> over my old school De Niro. Um, truly nothing less than magic was captured during this shoot, which was a really difficult summer shoot. They were plagued um, in New York by just, like, beastly heat, and there was a Manhattan garbage strike. So that really helped kind of set the tone. Um I think most people are familiar with Travis Bickle, our cracked hero. He cruises through. We get an unruly Greenwich Village. Um, there's some unpredictable streets of Hell's Kitchen in there, so we're getting kind of a different side of New York. But I think, you know, because Taxi Driver, it's so pungent and real that it would top most New York City movie lists that exist. Another, like they are not going to be out there without Taxi Driver. Oh, absolutely not. Another grimy version of New York. <laughs> there's a common theme. Well, I mean, New York was really grimy before, you know, yeah, um, they came in and, and the rich literally ruined the entire city. So that's what's happening. Let me just add real quick on that note is um, Andrew and I ate in a restaurant in Harlem that he brag. was he was really interested. I mean, did Harlem, was Harlem a brag? <laughs> well, that's just it. So it's a restaurant he's always wanted to eat at, yada, yada. So we're like, cool. So we're like riding the train. And I'm like, so what's up with Harlem? Because I know so much of New York City is you know, gentrified and changing. And I'm like, has that happened to Harlem? 
And we got off the subway and walked up the stairs, and in front of us was just a Whole Foods in an Olive Garden. And Andrew's like, does that answer your question? I was like, oh, no. It's like, oh, my so, God. Oh, my goodness. They got the two halves of the Holy Triumvirate there. Oh, well, next to that was um, a Bed Bath & Beyond, if that oh. completes your Oh, my God. <laughs> So it's truly happy. I mean, I'm laughing about it, but it's actually really terrible because the people, you know, the poorest people are being pushed further and further away. And these are the people that have to take the trains and stuff in. And it's like their commutes get longer. It becomes more difficult with childcare, And so it's an it's a whole mess. So that is why the graffiti that I saw that said, you know, the the, the rich killed New York City, I feel, is uh, is pretty authentic. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like it's constant. It seems like it's an ongoing problem. In all in all cities. But anyway, what else we have that you're probably going to bring up that wasn't filmed in New York City because you no, hate me? this one absolutely was. And okay. speaking of people who are, you know, challenged and having trouble in their lives and are overlooked, hmm. I'm going to go with The Devil Wears Prada, which jumps right <laughs> into the high-stakes world of fashion. Look, okay. nobody is... It's undervalued, I think. They're totally not wasting too much money on fashion magazines. And this movie kind of gets into it. So... <laughs> If you have not seen it, it's the it's 2000. A, it's a cute movie. Yeah, it's a 2006 romantic. Yeah, I guess it counts as a romance movie. She's like romantic with herself, man. It's about her figuring out who she is. Yeah, that's true. So it's also based on the 2003 Lauren Weisberger novel of the same name. It stars Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep and Emily Blunt and the Tooch. Got to remember the Tooches in there. Can't forget. So it's basically about a young girl right out of Northwestern. She's a journalism major, gets a internship at a at the top fashion magazine in New York City, and then slowly gets sucked into the world of what's it like to actually work in the front line of the fashion industry when you have absolutely no idea nor interest in working there. Yeah. Um. This movie, I was surprised when I first saw it because I remember I first saw it like halfway through and it was just kind of like, eh, this is a dumb movie. It's on HBO. I'm going to watch it. End up enjoying it a lot. It makes New York City look fantastic. I mean, it is John Krasinski's favorite movie. So, Well, he's a little before biased. Before he met Emily Blunt. Yeah, sure. It was before he met her. It's, <laughs> he's a little biased in that opinion. We, we can't trust Krasinski when it comes to those kind of movies. We can trust him with everything. <laughs> um, but it makes New York look... It, like the rich version of it, as well, we that's said. That's just it. Sure. Yeah, it makes it look fabulous Who if you have money. Who doesn't want to live there? It's the Sex in the City version. Like, watching that show, I was like, I can Ooh. do this life. And then it's like, they take taxis everywhere and yeah. live near Central Park and somehow eat out every meal. It like, only takes real. 30 minutes to get from Brooklyn to Manhattan in a yeah, taxi. Exactly. No problem. Exactly. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is a very good movie, guys. Go check it out. Yeah. It started loses a little bit of steam in the last 30 minutes, but by then you're already knee-deep in New York, so you you are totally sold. So totally. All right. Here comes more. Cl- I have so many ones. I got to think. I'm going to do this one next. Let's get your guesses. I have decided that for the rest of the day, we are going to talk like this. Like this? No. Please, to repeat after me. Pepper. 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 Waiter, there is too much pepper on my paprika. <laughs> Waiter, there is too much, much pepper. pepper. On my paprikash. On my paprikash. But I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. <laughs> oh, no. But I would but, be proud. But I would be proud. To partake. To partake. Of your pecan pie. Of your pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. <laughs> 
What oh. is that face of disgust? Look, every day I have to hear about how terrible my impressions are when I do them. And then you bust out a Billy Crystal clip that is just one of what? his three impressions that he does. Whatever, okay. that clip is great. Just say the movie so I can oh talk about it, you it's miserable when Harry, person. It's when Harry bit Sally. You see, I can't even do a terrible Billy I'm, Crystal No, impression. you, I mean, you can. You I, did I do can't, it terribly. I can't Upper East Side my voice enough to get that into okay. the show. So you don't like When Harry Met Sally? No. Or you don't like Billy Crystal? No, I'm fine with Billy Crystal. So I like some of his movies. I don't you got like issues Harry, with Harry Met Sally. All right. Do movie. I? Re- oh, I do. You don't like Billy Joel? Oh. Nope. I don't like Billy the Kid. I thought no. he was the lesser Jesse James. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. You know, my dad's We're, name is Bill, and he's going to take offense to this. No, but he's not named. Well, you know what? There's Gremlins. I like Gremlins. So that's a Billy. Oh, okay. Your dad and Gremlins. Those are, the t- those are the two good bills. We saved it. Anyway, when Harry met Sally, obviously we're getting the city. It's a good New York movie. They have a casual run in at a Shakespeare and Company. We get um, an orgasmic conversation at Cat's Deli. Yeah, I'd say that's with accurate. Rob Reiner's mom really stealing the scene. Um, we get a lot of long walks through Central Park. So we have Jersey born. Um, Billy Crystal, and who realizes that high-maintenance Meg Ryan that he has resented since college is actually, spoiler alert, on a decades-old movie, His Soulmate. So, uh, yeah, this like I said, it was directed by Rob Reiner, and the screenplay was by Nora Ephron, who is amazing, and really you capture Manhattan romance mixed with some splendid anxiety. What more can you want? Well, it was very impressive because Rob Reiner was able to get Billy Crystal to not talk about the Yankees for five minutes in a movie. There's so definitely very, like a baseball scene in that movie. I'm sure 100%, there, I'm sure there's a baseball scene. I'm almost scene. positive he does talk about the I'm, Yankees. You don't movie. even have. I don't have to have seen the movie to know that there's a <laughs> that there's a Yankee scene involving Billy Crystal. Oh no, at some I, point. I have too many more and books. Okay, do another one. I'm gonna maybe do another. Ugh. Okay, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, TV series this time. Okay. One that I watched that I quite enjoyed, even though I didn't think I would, 2016 to 2019's The Deuce on HBO. Oh, Andrew is currently watching that. Oh, is he? Well, that's good. Yeah. He's going to enjoy the heck out of it. It's, it's a great show. It's crazy that that's like, that is what becomes kind of Times Square mm-hmm. area when you were like, oh, it was drugs and prostitution and porn. Yeah. Okay. So okay. this little gentrification is maybe okay. <laughs> it's it's like probably. a smidge, just a smidge. They get, between that and the marvelous Miss Maisel, they kind of get into it a whole oh bunch. Oh my god, into the marvelous Mrs. Maisel shows that is again New York City, where unless you're rich, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem very enjoyable. It seems absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Deuce. Uh, it's set in the 1970s and 1980s in New York City. And as Michelle said, it goes over like the porn industry. There's police corruption in there. There's a uh, prostitution that they go over there's filmmaking there's like gentrification it's such a overreaching show and there's even like gay rights and aids and stuff gets sucked into that um into the later seasons on that show it just covers so much and it's a david simon show so the more you watch it the more that you get pulled into this world and the more you like it yeah and it just makes new york look so disgusting like if you have any ever have any complaints about new york city just be like it's so like, much it's, better than it used to be it's improved a bit yeah i'll um, like walk in the room and be like ew it, it <laughs> just grimy it just feels so authentic it looks fantastic james franco is killing it two yeah, times plain on twins. the show definitely definitely great um but yeah it's definitely a pretty great hbo show that i think got overlooked i don't think anybody really even paid attention to it when it was on which is why it only lasted three seasons but yeah Definitely something one to go check out and, you know, make you pine maybe for the old days in New York City where... <laughs> maybe. 
you know. If so, you, you might have. You, some might, you might have some problems. The, I don't know if you want to get. You're missing the, the prostitution and drugs. So I don't. Much. I don't know if you want to get have the comic version of pimps walking around and the mafia controlling everything. And well, is it we, so different? Man, we um, really cannot talk about that show too in no, depth on really, this show. No, you really goodness. can't. So I'm just gonna do one more, but I do want to do a little shout out to uh, do the right thing. Spike Lee movie. Speaking of shows we or movies we can't get into in depth on this show. Hard to do clips from that. And then way harder to do clips from would be the movie Kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't expect you to actually go. I didn't expect to hear Kids today. I mean, you get New York City kind of skate rats behaving badly. I think this was an important part of New York City, an important time. Um, you know, you kind of get the youth culture's nihilistic side. And I always think about kids that are raised in New York City. Like, that's a totally different breed of human. When, like, the city is yours when you're young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that it it still packs a punch. It's worth seeing. Um, it's extremely disturbing, though, so be prepared for that. So I'm going to do one more clip for my last film. Uh, super New York here. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. All right, what do we got All there? All right, I, I did not expect you were going to put Cars 2 on here. <laughs> they really went crazy with Owen Wilson in that second movie. Why you do this? <laughs> no, that's uh, Midnight Cowboy, right? It is Which Midnight a impro- Cowboy. Which improvised scene. That was an actual thing that happened. Super cool. Yeah, crossing the street and a taxi did not care about all the signs that said no driving filming and almost took Dustin Hoffman off this planet. Very much like right on right on the spot. Man. But I mean, it really kind of ties into Taxi Driver because that whole scene in the mirror was also Robert De Niro just improvising. Like that wasn't written. So do sometimes you, you get like the best moments. Do you think in somebody's headcanon that was actually Travis Bickle? trying to run over Dustin Hoffman in that scene. You never know. But this is an Oscar-winning drama, and again, this is a glimpse of New York City at its sleazy height, so Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you think of the deuce. Um, But it it is like capturing the desperation of the hustlers and the con men trying to survive in the city where no one is listening to you or hears you as you scream into the Don't listen, don't care. You you walk around in a cowboy hat and a jean jacket, nobody will say nothing. And that's just it because I think he came to, you know, from Texas and he's like, oh, you can do anything in New York City and I'm going to make all this money and kind of learns that it's not as hospitable as he imagined. So you see him living out of an abandoned building and he's with uh, Ratso, which is Dustin Hoffman. They end up forming an alliance, but it's kind of them like against the city in a lot of ways so a lot of showcasing of the area yeah. another another movie because it's set in the 70s that we cannot get into the details of the plot too thickly you but know, i think a lot of people have seen it so you know what you're in, what you're in for but yeah if not you'll be surprised go check it out everybody before dustin hoffman disappeared and uh, john voigt went totally insane it's a little bit of that um why don't you could you want to do one more before i get into some books that capture the city yeah sure so I'm going to go with Die Hard with a Vengeance, the third Die Hard movie. Some the would say the best. third Die... Oh, no. I'll give Is you a hint. Samuel it's, Jackson where yeah, he walks with that terrible sign? It's the one, uh, yeah, the one set in New York. We, we are not talking about that sign. No, that's not going to bring that whole, that whole scene's crazy. Um, so this is the second best Die Hard movie, and... It's just a lot of fun. They are going all over New York City. You get to see a lot of yeah. the town in this movie. The subway system, Wall Street, Staten Island... 
you know, it's a diehard movie. You know what it's about. There's terrorists. They're trying to kill people. John McClane's got to come in there half Thank drunk. Thank goodness for John. <laughs> We'd all be doomed. He is wearing a T-shirt. He has got <laughs> shoes this time. He is ready to roll everybody. Uh. There are horrible signs afoot, and he has to take on Jeremy Irons with the help of Sam Jackson. I mean, that is all fabulous. Um, if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing here. This is one of the best action movies of the 90s. It was the second highest grossing movie of 1994, behind only Toy Story, which is fun to think about, that double feature of the yeah, theaters. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it was originally written as a movie called Simon Says, when it was going to be a Brandon Lee movie, so go figure on wow, that. weird. Then it was reworked to a Lethal Weapon sequel, Again, shake your head on that one. <laughs> and then they decided, well, we'll just slap Bruce Willis in here. We'll make it a <laughs> diehard movie. Um, they just go all over the city. Some of it was filmed uh, here in Niagara Falls, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's for, cool. For the uh, the finale. Um, but it has like that uh, do the right thing, kind of early 90s, hot New York vibe. I, I don't know why it was so hot in New York back then. It just seems like every time they did it, it was just sweaty people it's running around. It's constantly getting hotter all the time, so this is not shocking. But. Just ahead of the curve. But if you're looking for a good action thriller, go check out Die Hard 3. But you're going to have a lot of fun. You're, you're going to have a lot more fun at this movie than the first one, I think. So That's debatable. But, okay, let's move on to... Michelle's I mean, a Die Hard 2 fan, as, in case everybody I don't even that remember movie. that one. Is that an airplane? No, that's the one. Oh, it's in an airport. No, it's airport. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not my favorite. Um, so there are hundreds, if not thousands, of books about New York City. <laughs> I would say that's fairly accurate. I mean, you can get broad overviews of its history. There's deep dives into topics like we were talking about, like gentrification or architecture. Um, novels that capture maybe a particular moment in time in the city and I mean that list can go on and on so I'm just going to talk about a couple books these are books that I have really enjoyed um, and maybe provide a starting point for anyone who wants to understand like what New York City is and how it formed people what do you think I think it's a great idea you like that um, so I'm I, only always, I always support books on our library podcast that's great I'm only gonna be able to do a couple because we are running out of time but I have to start with my favorite I love this book so much. It is Just Kids by Patti Smith from 2010. Uh, I don't know that one. It's literally one of the best books uh, truly ever written. When we went um, this past trip, I realized I'd never seen the Chelsea Hotel, um, which she spent a lot of time in. Some of the greatest minds of our time like lived there. Um, that was like a really big, I was also really jazzed about that, between that and Ghostbusters. But so Patti Smith, um, poet and performer, and Robert Maplethorpe, that is who the book is about, and, you know, his photography, they're just, their love for each other is amazing. And it's just them, you know, traversing the city from Coney Island to 42nd Street. There's a lot where they celebrate at um, Max's Kansas City. That's like this mm. famous place there where Andy Warhol really held court. Um, and then in 1969, they set up camp at the Hotel Chelsea. And they just enter this community of famous and infamous people and the influence of artists there. And it's amazing. It like starts as a love story and it ends as an elegy and it is a total salute to New York City during the late 60s and 70s um, to the rich and the poor and the mm. hustlers and everything. And it is a, a true fable. It is spellbinding and engrossing. I cannot recommend the book Just Kids enough. Apparently, I'm going to have to check it out, I think. I That's was, a heck of a sell job. I was not even into Patti Smith's music. I didn't really know Robert Maplethorpe's um, photography. So this book was recommended to me, and I'm 
it's beautiful. They actually remade the book um, in like a portrait edition, so they have pictures throughout it now. Oh. So I'll probably end up rereading it just so I can see the images that go along with it. Oh, okay. So That's good. A idea for a uh, Christmas gift for you in the future then. That's a good call right there. Um, I won't go too much, but The Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger, 1951. It's a classic for a reason, but you get so much New York City in this book, and it's really captured through his teenage angsty eyeballs. Um, but, I mean, you there's nightclubs, there's Greenwich Village. You hear about um, Grand Central Station. I mean, he's ice skating at Rockefeller Center. You are getting, like, all of the – I think there's even, like, a Christmas show at Radio City Music Hall. So um, read that. He really hits a lot of the highlights. And it's, it's, a, it's a powerful book. No fakers, man. I no, support it. I, it's a classic for a reason. It's worth checking out. Yes. Um, a book that I've loved for a really long time. It came out in 1999. It was just made into a movie, which I have the Blu-ray from the library Ooh. at home right now. True story. Blu-ray, man. <laughs> I'm fancy. Is Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Lethem. Have you ever heard of it? I, I love have his, not, no. He's a weirdo and I like his books. Um, obviously, Brooklyn is a hot spot when traveling to New York. It's very trendy at this point. Um and it was a great spot to set this like crime fiction story. So, it, and that's really much what what it is. It's like a detective story, um, except that the detective suffers from Tourette syndrome, and he works for the the king of Brooklyn. So that's all I'm gonna really get. There's mobsters. There's stabbing. There's him saying really terrible, crazy things that he can't How help saying. Do you do Tourette syndrome in a book? It like, works. Jonathan Latham is is crazy. God. So I'm excited to see the movie. Ed Norton is playing the guy. Oh my god! So I, I was think, gonna ask who's playing. Like, yeah, oh, so geez. I think it'll be pretty good. Um, it's I'm either gonna be really good or really terrible. It's I don't go. know that it did super well, but I'm still like excited to watch All it. Right. Um, I have to throw out Breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, Truman Capote, 1958. I think most people know of the movie, but the novella is definitely worth I'll have you know, I know out. of the song. Thank you very much. What song? Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, that song is awful. It's, I hate It's you. a little earworm that's going to be in your head all day now. I am You're not welcome. happy. And then you should check out The Colossus of New York by Col uh, Colson Whitehead. Um, he is that Pulitzer Prize winning author of the Underground Railroad. I recognize um, the name. I just couldn't remember where. Yeah. Um, which you know is an excellent book he's a great writer but he's really um it's kind of like a literary love song to new york city and to anyone who's kind of spent time in it um mm. and he goes over the inner and outer la landscapes in a series of vignettes and meditations like throughout the book he's got some personal memories and stuff in there so it kind of um you know, it's for people who are looking, who are dreaming to make it their home or have already conquered the challenges of it, and to everyone who just kind of struggles against the cruelties of New York City because it's been breaking people down for a really, really long time. But it's an unparalleled tribute to New York, and you should definitely check it out. Yeah, that was, look at you, just knocking them out there. I'm like breathless, like trying to get all of that out. But I'm going to say we'll end it on that, even though there are one million more things. And yeah, on that, why don't you plug us up? So everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by, tell them we want our All Booked Up fix, and they'll be like, don't worry, homie, I got you. We also, like you can also go on the website, www.buffalolib.org. Check out your account online. You can find out where the bookmobile is going to be. You can do a million things. 
that's why you should just go there. Do it, people. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at allbookeduppod. I'm also today. I'm going to post a picture of the lovely Chelsea Hotel. Oh, okay. Everyone, cool. Um, who's they... the guy who wrote 2000 or 2001 Space? Um, who made it? Call Arthur Cohen, right? Sure. Is that? When I don't have any. I only really remember Stanley Kubrick. When well, he, that's who wrote it, but he yeah. wrote it there. Um, Arthur Miller wrote stuff there. Sid and Nancy were there. Like, everybody let's, was let's there. Let's not mention how the Sid and Nancy stuff well, ended up. That so. did not a happy ending there. Um, but yeah, you want some New York City facts, man? You know I do. Um, about one in every 38 people living in the United States okay. resides in New York City. Okay. That's a good one figure. One in every 38. That's insane. That's totally insane. Um, and this is really funny because Andrew and I, we kept talking while we were there about the poor postal workers. I was like, their job sucks. Oh, my God, yeah. Like crazy. But UPS, FedEx, and other commercial delivery companies receive up to 7,000 parking tickets a day. Jeez. So when they're double parked, they're dropping stuff off. Like, that is not forgiving. It contributes to up to $120 million in revenue for the city of New York. I mean, they, they figured it out, man. They were like, we're not making that okay. Let's just do that. You could just literally follow a UPS truck to every building. It's terrible. Um, this I found, Bananas, the New York City's 520-mile coastline mm-hmm. is longer than those of Miami, Boston, L.A., and San Francisco combined. Wow, that's right? kind of surprising. I didn't expect that. And people aren't really, you don't hear about it as much when you're talking about these coastal areas, but New York City has a ton yeah, of it. It's literally an island, so it, it's got it makes thing. It makes sense. Um, Times Square is named after the New York Times. It oh. was originally called Long Acre Square until 1904 when the New York Times moved there. Well, that's a, that's a terrible name. Long Acre Square? No, it's no not, thank you. It's not great, but I did not know that that's why I, it was called that. I didn't know that either, and I feel kind of dumb for not knowing A it. little bit. I felt a little dumb too, but Never, we're bringing the knowledge. People, you can bring that up at a dinner party and be like, who doesn't know that? I learned that on All Booked Up, the, <laughs> mo- the number one podcast in Buffalo. And this one, this is my favorite. The entire world's population okay. could fit in the state of Texas if it were as densely populated as New York City. Hmm. So a series of maps produced by Density Blog, it's called Per Square Mile, so they figured that stuff out, shows that literally the entire world's population of like, I don't know, 6.9 billion people, if they lived at the same density level as New York City, we could all fit within the borders. And for anybody who's been to Texas, they know why we're not doing that, because Texas is Well, I mean, terrible. we need some farmland and things of that nature. But, like, think about that. That is how closely people are packed together. That's mind-blowing. You know the city must be magical if that's the situation and people are still flocking. That's, still a, heck, that's a heck it. of a stat, people. Like, so, roll, roll that around in your head and try to imagine. Seriously, but thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.